Well, the coalition government is dismissing widespread anti-government protests as inconsequential. But others say Māori anger at planned changes isn't going to fade anytime soon. Of course, thousands turned out yesterday for protests which were promoted by the party Māori to oppose the coalition's policies on a raft of Māori issues. At Parliament, Prime Minister Christopher Luxon said the public should wait and judge his government on its results. I think it's pretty unfair, you know, to be honest. I think the reality is we're in government for a week. Uh, we, we are going to get going and get things done for Māori and for non-Māori, and that's, that's what our focus is going to be. Mr Luxon says he wants to demonstrate to Māori that outcomes will improve for them under his government. I don't think the last six years have been good for Māori, and I think Māori have done very well, particularly in national-led governments in the past, and they're going to continue to do so. But the way we deal with that and the way we do that is we actually focus on the things that are important to Māori. And when you do that, you get back to housing and health and education and law and order and the economy, and that's what we're going to focus on. ACT Party leader David Seymour says the party Māori lacks serious policy solutions and is in what he calls the drama business. Mr Seymour says the protests were disruptive and didn't give a clear message. If they had a coherent message, that would be great. But they're trying to say that a government who stands for treating all people the same uh, is racist. Uh, They're not just wrong, they are preaching the complete opposite of the words that they use. And New Zealand First's Shane Jones says protesting is legitimate, but the party Māori is not truly representative of Māori across the country. It is preposterous that the Māori Party should think that they are the authentic voice for Māori New Zealanders. I remind everyone again, that party got less than 3% of the vote and a lot of their party voters were not Māori. A lot of them were hippies. And this morning, the Māori king, Kingi Tuhaitia, has called for a national hui on unity to be held on the 20th of January. Well, to discuss all of this, we are joined by our Māori news editor, Taiha Molyneux. Uh, Morena, Taiha. Morena, Ingrid. OK, let's start with this uh, call for a national hui on unity by Kingi Tuhaitia. Uh, the 20th of Jan- January, of course, comes before some uh, big things in the uh, Māori and Māori and Crown calendar uh, ahead of uh, Waitangi Day and the Ratana celebrations. What's the significance of that? I think the significance of that in terms of a range of areas is the turnout yesterday, the visible impact of, of the call that went out yesterday and with the release that's come from Kingi to Haitia, there's there are Rangatira across the board mentioned in in the statement and there is support for this we coming from Tufaretoa. So you've got Te Arikita Tsumutehewhu, you've got the Ratana Tumuraki, Manuel Te Kohangutana Tamau. The breadth and depth of the support for the call in regards to Te Tiriti is very, very I suppose the depth can't really be explained in Te Reo Pākehā from, from what I'm trying to sort yeah. of explain. But the, the kupu Māori, I suppose, would be the knuckle and the ito or the essence of what the concerns are coming from. It has nothing to do with political parties. It has nothing to do with any individuals. It has to do with the impact of issues. It has to do with the impact of the treaty and the treaty not being honoured in terms of how that has had a flow-on effect in Māori communities across the country. So I think pigeonholing, pigeonholing the concerns that are being raised is political allegiance 
is is a very, I suppose, the, the kupu Māori again, <laughs> as it's easier to sort of describe, is there's a level of kuaretanga or lack of knowledge of how this has genuinely, authentically impacted Māori across the country. So okay, look, with well, the amount at, of people... Looking at that lack of knowledge, how does that uh, compare, I guess, with Shane Jones' comments that we've just heard there, that Te Pāti Māori mm. is not truly representative of Māori across the country and his suggestion there, I guess, that the uh, the protests weren't representative of Māori across the country. You covered that, of course. What What is your understanding of how broad the support is for this movement? I think the the again, the breadth and depth of the support is, I don't think anyone's claiming to be the representative of all Māori perspectives, and obviously there will be people that have different perspectives, mm. Māori and non-Māori alike, but I think what what was very clear in the atmosphere within within the people that, was, that were gathered there, and something that I noticed as well, is there was a, a very, very large amount of rangatahi there, and the rangatahi that I sort of encountered while I was there were speaking te reo Māori. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's not something that you see, well, that I would have seen back at other protests, is there's a generation that is very aware of the value of te te reo waitangi, of the, I suppose, and of how much of an impact that will have on their future and the future of others. So the generational impact is very, very... I think that the depth in, of the generational impact is starting to show and more and more Māori are coming through with a very, very deep knowledge of tetiriti and what it means. And um, it's becoming very obvious in terms of how the protest, how these events are being run and how they're being communicated and how they're being shared. Social media, they've got influences involved. So there's a generation that's very aware and very mindful of language and rhetoric and how to communicate with people. So it's... It's it's a different. I yeah. suppose I'm not sure of the words. But the, they, well, I think what you're saying that they're not going to be won over by the prime minister's contention that his government is going to deliver on other fronts for Maori mm. in terms of the housing, uh, the jobs, um, those kind of governmental policy aspects. Uh, he's saying, just wait, just give us time. But are you saying it's bigger than that? It's much bigger than that. And telling Māori to just wait and give us time is, you know, trust the system. Just sit there and, and, and don't do anything in the meantime. You know, when you look at the historical aspects, you've got, you know, intergenerational communities that have had to sort of create their own solutions and create their own pathways forward. And this is part and parcel of that when people talk about Māori, you know, these events yesterday sort of being anti-discussion and anti-debate, the old Māori is built on speaking to each other in conversations. So there is no issue with that from what I've sort of encountered and gathered. The issue is the rhetoric that's being used around explaining these, explaining the, the validity of Tetsiditsu to the general public. Words being used like separatism, this kind of thing, discriminatory, those kinds of things, and equal rights for all, is unless... There's been a personal experience. It's quite hard. It, it, it can be quite damaging to frame up things like the Tiriti, and that's something that Peter Tiping mentioned last night, is how you frame up discussions on the Tiriti impact the way other people or people that aren't very aware of the Tiriti respond to it. How do you think this National Day, oh, sorry, this uh, Unity Hui uh, will play out in terms of... of 
where the discussion goes from here? I probably wouldn't want to guess or, 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 you know, in terms of how it will play out because in terms of the people that have come out in support of this kaupapa, you've got, like I said, across the country that are sort of, that are in support of this and there are a lot of different issues and unique issues that impact variously across the country. So each of them will have specific aspects that they want to focus on. So there's no, it's not just a broad, broad spectrum on the treaty. People are like, we are actually centering in on specific aspects that are being impacted. So you've got section 7AA, that, that today and that sikanga goes back to a report that was created by people like John Rangiho, who I'll doubt to, the depth, the work, the level of awareness that Māori had put into bringing those kinds of things to life goes so far back and the knowledge is so deep that it, these kinds of will actually tend to generate a lot of solutions that are quite easy to implement. The difficulty what the difficulty for a lot of Māori in terms of getting those, those solutions implemented is the lack of awareness or I think it's the balancing both worlds mm. in terms of delivering solutions and Māori are accustomed to working in two worlds. That's basically how they've, they've had to adjust to that kind of situation, but it's different sure. when it Underst- comes to people who aren't accustomed. I understand what you're saying. Hey, kia ora, thank you very much for that. That is, is our uh, Māori news editor, Taiha Molyneux.